welcome to another episode of Design and Influence. It's fantastic to have you guys either watching and listening to us or just listening on a, on a Spotify or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Um, welcome to this next episode. Uh, today, we're going to demystify, unpack um, running Mac for your architecture office to help me do this. I have awesome lineup here. My uh, co-host and partner in crime, Boris Rappaport, CEO of ArcIT, is here. Say hello, Boris. Hi, everybody. How's it going? And we have a special guest, someone who actually lives it every day. Uh, he runs a Mac office, and his name is Peter Liang. Peter, did I say your name right? You did. Thank you. Wow, cool. Can you tell us a little bit about your company? What you guys do you have? Those of you who are watching, by the way, there's a like, really cool background. So all of the, you guys architects... If you don't have this background for your video, you're missing out. This is really cool. I mean, the next level up is like 3D modeling that stuff in the back. But the 2D stuff, I mean, what he has, let me explain what Peter has. Peter has designs uh, kind of neatly uh, taped, or I guess it's not taped. Is it? Is it? Is it pin, pinned. Pinned. Pinned to the basic background white wall that makes it look super cool. I think it makes it look super cool. So either you're real estate sales or you're architect, like that's it. Right. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your office, your, your, your company, your journey. Um, let people know who you are. Cool. Yeah. And thank you guys for inviting me to this. It's uh, always a pleasure to be chatting with you guys. And I'm especially, you know, honored to be sort of contributing generally to the conversation and, and perhaps other architecture firms out there. Um, I'm the principal of a small studio. We're called the Blue Truck Studio. We're somewhat of a boutique architecture practice in San Francisco. Uh, mostly residential work, somewhat in the city, Bay Area, but outside as well. We've got a project in New York and one in Tahoe, so we get around. Mm. Um, but critique in sort of perhaps the nature of the practice and the value system, but also just in the scale of it. Um, there's there's six of us here. Nice. Are you um, are you looking to uh, grow the company, get more interesting product? I'm always interested, like in the direction of your firm, Peter. Like. Are you looking to grow the company, grow, uh, maybe get into more interesting projects and kind of stay the same? Or are you looking some other goal? What are you trying to do here? Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, honestly, I feel like I'm perpetually in growth mode. You know, I'm looking to not necessarily expand, but just grow and evolve our practice, you know, get better at what we do, provide a better service and, uh, you know, generally have an opportunity to do bigger and cooler stuff. It's also, I suppose, a great question in the sense of where we came from. The origins of the studio was that it was a design build practice. I'm a, a contractor as well. And so it started with, you know, we would build the things that we designed. And it inherently was at a pretty small scale, um, just because the practice was small, but also just sort of our capacity was small. And that's something I'm, I'm aspiring to get back into. We focused on architecture for the last seven or eight years. Um, so anyways, I've, I've got, I've got aspirations for that in terms of growth mode and sort of future plans is to bring back the build side of it. And I think the integration of those disciplines, if you will, is really, I feel like important to the, to the practice of architecture, but also really succinct with our value system and how we approach architecture and just an understanding of assembly and materials and, you know, even just this opportunity to get up, get out from behind the desk and and do real stuff. Wow. So. I, I, did, I had no idea. That's really cool. So you, you, you want to kind of bolt on a development arm to this. 
to your practice? Is that is that division ideally? We call it development, I suppose, but even just offering our clients and that sort of expanded service. You know, I think consolidating all of that has has some historical importance in the sense of there used to be this concept of the master builder. It was the person who both conceived of it, but also executed it. Mm. But, you know, there's also somewhat of a disconnect, I would say, you know, sort of stereotypically in that architects have a vision for what it's going to look like. The contractors have other aspirations for the project in terms of, you know, wanting to be efficient or put together intelligently. So I'd like to think that we could merge all that and, and you know, provide our clients a better sort of more integrated service, um, but also approach architecture in that way, you know, that it is specifically about putting things together and, and really celebrating actual sort of physical characteristics of it. Mm, so holistic, is that, is that a good, is that a good word to describe the kind of yeah, whole process yeah, and approach? That's a, yeah. yeah, that's a great description. Boris, do you have, um, you know, a lot of architects, we have clients, architects, but you know, a lot of people in AIA and all that. Do you know successful companies that actually do that? both build yeah, and we, design we, we actually have two customers that are doing design build um and have been pretty good uh, one down south in the san jose area uh, actually both of them are kind of in that area yeah i mean it's i think it's a great way of kind of controlling the projects all the way through um and ensuring that right wherever you envision is actually getting built that way and not getting derailed some way in the middle of the project because the contractor needs to cut costs or something like that. That's that's my view of it. I'm really fascinated by this avenue of growth. Like I just opened my eyes on a whole new interest. I think we should do, I think people are waiting for us to talk about Mac and, and, and challenges within that and opportunities within the Iranian Mac office. So guys, girls, we'll get there. Just give us a second. I just want to say that Peter, we need to have another episode just on this because I really am fascinated by this as a sort of fork you can grow your practice and just do more projects or you can do you know Other you can services. actually add yeah exactly add add auxiliary not auxiliary but like essential next step um that's very interesting to me one other thing i just want to clarify before we dive into mac stuff you said you want to get uh, like goal is to get to do bigger and cooler stuff i really like this because i think that's like I can connect to that. Um, what does that mean to you? Bigger and cooler stuff. What does it mean to you in terms of architecture, type of buildings? Does it mean like controlling the project from end to end? Does it mean getting involved with more different kind of projects? What is what does it mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Big and cool, I suppose, is very somewhat somewhat subjective. You know, we really value the process of conceiving architecture and executing it too. You know, obviously now we're focused specifically on the conception of it being the architects, playing the architect's role in that in that larger process. But so much of it is this opportunity to work with clients. And I think that's also why we focus on residential, that there are very specific people who are uh, the shareholders that are the clients that are you know, perhaps the owners of the structures that we're working on. And there's a lot of inherent sort of intuitions and passions about their own space. And so we really embrace that in our process as far as it being a collaboration with our clients and really getting to know them, their intuitions. We feel like everybody has intuitions about architecture, whether you're specifically trained in it or not. I mean, we live in spaces, so we've developed passions about it. So, yeah, I mean, I think, honestly... Bigger, cooler stuff just means having the opportunity to work with more clients on bigger projects, to have the opportunity to 
collaborate more um, and to aspire to sort of, you know, I don't know, I keep using the word big, but again, I think it's about just sort of having more of an opportunity to do more of what we do. That's really cool. I I don't know how I would answer that question. I really need to think about this, but I like I like this. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that. Uh, borrow it. Bigger and cooler yeah. stuff. Okay. Cheers. All right, hitting Mac. All right, now Peter within the bigger and cooler stuff ecosystem, definitely the white uh, logo and and everything white about the Mac, the cleanliness, the you know the perception of. Um, and the reality of it actually being a really great product and suite of products, um, you selected that kind of uh, for helping you run your architecture firm. Did you make that selection way back when you started because you were a Mac? Was that a conscious decision to switch from PC? How did your office graduate into Macs? Well, the office was, as you might imagine, just germinated from me. You know, I was a sole proprietor when I started. And my relationship with Mac and let's say Apple started just, you know, when I was a kid, I had an Apple II plus in high school and, you know, got my first Mac in college and SC30, you know, a little tiny black and white screen. So there's a little bit of just historical inertia there in terms of the platform and um, the brand did dip a little bit into the PC world in grad school. We were, this is an era when we were sort of transitioning from hand drawing to, to CAD drafting and took a class in uh, AutoCAD. So I got to know that platform a little bit, but I think, again, it goes back to just historically having a relationship with the Apple products, um, having seen that the ecosystem, that operating system, that hardware evolve over time. It's just something that's been succinct with my relationship to technology. So it wasn't necessarily a deliberate choice in starting my practice to have it be Mac based other than that's the hardware I was on. That was the platform I was on. Um, there's ample resources sort of, you know, software wise in terms of doing what we do initially it was drafting 2d vector works. We transitioned over to Archicad and about four or five years ago to be more um, sort of 3d modeling and that, that BIM world. Um, so I never really had necessarily, was never really forced to make a choice, um, because all the sort of resources were there and it's, you know, I feel like as the platform evolves, it becomes more or less and less of an issue to choosing one platform or another because they talk so well to each other. Mm. What about new employees? When you bring in talent, when you bring in your teammates, uh, new teammates to, to the organization, have all of your people had Macs before? Yeah, by and large, everybody has at least had some experience in the platform. Um, almost nobody has had experience in Archicad uh, specifically as a as a, you know, as a piece of software. But it's not unfamiliar to folks that have used Revit. Um, so there's a little bit of onboarding in terms of the specifics of the software, but it feels like everybody at least has a basic understanding of, of the operating system. Mm. Boris, you wanna um, do you wanna poke at a, a few challenges because we did a, a few shows on you know the versus aspect of some of the you know key software is not running on Macs or running better. Um, do you want to do a couple of pokes and see what Peter has? How he yeah, sure. Rebuffs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of know him, but I will ask Peter anyway. So, yes. uh, Peter, what do you find um, some of the software? Right, so some of the industry software is not 
designed to be run on the Mac? You know, what are some of those challenges that are you finding right now? And how are you solving those? Yeah, honestly, the biggest pain point right now is uh, Bluebeam. I suspect you've heard about that. And I think we've even chatted about that. Yeah, for some reason, that's, you know, a single platform. And the city of San Francisco has decided to use that as a, you know, basis for sort of commenting and the permit process. Mm. So we have one PC here in the office uh, specifically for the purpose of using Bluebeam. Um, otherwise, you know, we're able to work cross platform in the sense of sharing files with uh, constituents, consultants, clients, you know, be it PDFs, or we can export from our modeling software in a, in a file format that works for them. Let's say it's Revit, it's a Revit type, or if it's a 2D file, it's a DWG. So we're very rarely confronted with any sort of challenges, I would say, um, by being Mac only. But, um, you know, inherently there are, there are little things along the way, just more, I feel like, way things work on the platform. Let's, for example, we're an Office 365 subscriber. We use that as our basic sort of Office ecosystem of, of communication, file storage, you know, calendaring, messaging, whatnot. So there's obviously it's a Microsoft product. It wasn't written specifically initially for Mac, but they've done a great job of of, of um, adapting it to the Mac platform. Yeah, so. I use the Office on Mac as well. It works. I I like I have an Excel open. I have Word open. It's yeah, it's not a problem. Typically, I don't know what other other tools are working or not working very well, but from my experience, Microsoft Office is pretty decent. It's not awesome because sometimes they'll just quit on you. I don't know if you had that, Peter. Just, like you're working, you're working, and it'll just it'll just blank out, and and like nothing happens. Um, like your document is is just closes, and then and you get some kind of error, and then you reopen it, it saves it. But do you have that problem? Not a quitting problem, but we've had various things like not recognizing pieces of hardware or, you know, video going off on a team's call. I'd like to stick with um, the Mac mail program. Just, I don't know, it has some other features that I like, like markup and whatnot. And that gets really clunky when you're sort of dealing with some of the Office 365 stuff. Like the Mac calendar doesn't sync well. So, yeah, definitely a few little software issues um but yeah nothing terrible yeah okay what about communication software you you, you just kind of alluded to teams uh which I'm, I'm assuming is microsoft teams what are you using for internal comms in your org teams so using microsoft teams on a mac why that versus say what is this other competitor called chat slack slack yeah i use teams as well so i'm like brain dead when it comes to anybody else because you know i'm already committed but like why not slack it wasn't necessarily a choice of not slack or rather that we bought into this ecosystem and it's all built in there you know we use the team's video for our video calling which is still i feel like lags a little bit behind zoom but we have it you know we own it we're, we're using it and then i suppose it's a little bit of just being too cheap to purchase other stuff. Not that Slack costs any money, but, you know, for example, a Zoom subscription would be just an extra fee. And, you know, we got our fingers crossed that it'll evolve. It seems like Teams has started to introduce this little bit of an annotation feature, which has, I think, been one of the bigger 
um, challenges um, with that. But, um, you know, Slack's fine. I guess it's a little bit of perhaps my personality and perhaps a little bit of OCD and just, you know, even visually. And I suppose this speaks to sort of generally at max, but liking something to be clean and cohesive and the more integration between you know our little pieces of software the better so the fact that office 365 has a chat perhaps it's not as robust as slack but it works fine i'd much rather stay on the single platform and not have to have these other little pieces that connect to each other so i don't know if that's a good way to describe it and i can see you sort of smiling about it well, but. That, i think that is because like to me that type of integration right ultimately brings efficiency um the more you use the tools and the more they're on a single platform it's much it becomes much easier to move things around and find things i think the like right we had one of the one of our early episodes it's about you know if you're a knowledge worker like an architect you spend a lot of time trying to find things and having everything in one place uh should make it easier more efficient mm. Hmm. Yeah. You would think Microsoft just, um, that's the latest episode of all in podcast that I listen to and Boris listens to like Microsoft is just steamrolls other companies with bundling. Yeah. This well, is, yeah. this is such a proof, you, you know, you, me, uh, Peter and, you know, 600 million other people, um, you know, yeah, the features are not as good. Yeah. It's kind of crappy. Yeah. It's not as fully well thought out and developed. Yeah. It has bugs, but Hey, it's all bundled. You know, well, it's all one place. <laughs> and you know what? It all looks the same on yeah. my desktop too, which I, again, it just goes back to a little bit of this aesthetic obsession, I suppose. But uh, I, you know, but that's also the eighty twenty rule, right? Like, I'd rather have something that is easy to use and works with everything, uh, but is you know has eighty percent of all the features that the other product has, because I'm not going to use the other twenty percent most likely ever, right? So. It, it's not it, it i don't think you know i don't want to get into too big of a conversation <laughs> here except to say that I, I don't think it's the number of features i think to me it's the usability right it's the ui yeah i get the ui is a little you know you put a little lipstick on the pig right okay fine it looks good and clean but usability as far as like okay i click here this is what happens how do i find this document if I type this in a search box, a bunch of gibberish comes up. You know, it's it's this this efficiency and usability. I think they do a decent job with like UI and you know user interface stuff, but I think the functionality in the back end is just okay. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I'm liking teams more because they're actually improving it, but they have a long way to go, guys. <laughs> For sure. It depends on what we compare it to. Right. So it's like, yeah, if you Google search versus Microsoft search, probably Google search is going to win out yeah. all the time, but you're not on the Google platform. So you're not going to be using Google search. So what else are you comparing to? Yes. The quality of video between Zoom and Teams, probably like Zoom is going to win hands down, but is it good enough? It's good enough. Right. So. Sure. And yet we choose Zoom to record uh, really important stuff. <laughs> yes, our podcast. Like this podcast. Well, yeah. actually, so the, the reason why Zoom won, if you remember, is because of the sound quality, not necessarily the video quality. But okay. like I said, usability, right? Yeah. That's your thing. Like it's, yeah, it's Teams is so easy, so easy to schedule. And it's like, oh, all good things. But when it comes to actual like um, okay. stuff that people use and need, anyway, 
Um, I, I'm not. I'm not pooping on Microsoft. I I I use it. I like it. It's good. I, I'm just saying, like they are uh, almost choking competition by this bundling and you know good enough technique. I think you know. I think that's a fine business strategy. It's just it's very hard to compete um, with Microsoft. Well, the main competitor is Google, right? And yeah. we had that choice when we were sort of adopting a platform and the the tech consultant I was working with at the time, just he, well, he first affirmed my, you know, just sort of general suspicions about Google, uh, for lack of a better way to say it. But he, you know, he, his description of the Microsoft platform was that it was more robust, particularly like an email and some of the security portions of it. I mean, uh, it's still like uh, being a Mac person. It's still a little bit painful for me to admit that I work with a Microsoft product, but it, it is somewhat robust and you're right. It's bundled well. Um, but I think there are aspects of it too, which are pretty robust. And when you, you know, what is the competition for me? Uh, there's Google and I'm not even sure what else there is really. So I uh, picked the least of least bad one, I suppose. Yeah, no, no, no. And it's fine. I you, like the, but, like Gmail versus Outlook, it's not even in the same league, in my opinion. Like, okay, Outlook has come a long way, but they're just keep adding crap to it. Like, it's just I'm, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> like, we we have so many different like uh, conversation streams going. You know, we, we're working on some some important projects uh, ourselves here internally, and then, you know, I just finding stuff is murder. Um, and my my Google, my Gmail is is like, what. Well, it wears me down to go to Outlook. <laughs> yeah, well, from that standpoint, yes, but there's other functionality that Google doesn't have. Like, for example, central repository for contacts, right? So all company contacts in Microsoft, you can easily search because they're all available. In Google, you have to share your own personal contacts with other people, and there's no central repository for it. I think they've just added that feature recently, which we worked on. But so there's those that are sharing calendars. I mean, that's also a pain in Google. So there's, you know, there's pluses and minuses to yeah. both. I think in a business scenario, Microsoft makes a little more sense. But, we, you know, we have clients using both. I just, that's how I know about these challenges. It's, um, from but your side. recommendation, let's get down to the to the brass here. Um, let's let's get down to Peter and his Mac shop. <laughs> sure, but your recommendation, like if somebody still listens or something, you know, and they want to take one takeaway uh, from an IT guy uh, who runs a company that helps architecture firms with IT, IEU, Boris, what is your recommendation, Google, and, and like all other things being equal, uh, Google ecosystem versus Microsoft ecosystem? Um, there's a plus and minuses to both. I'm going to say if you're running Windows, then you should be on a Microsoft ecosystem for sure. Um, if you're a Mac shop, then you have a choice and you need to make, you know, you need to, because Peter is one of the few people that I know that um, has a Mac shop that also runs the Microsoft platform or many other people use Google, um, but it all depends on your workflow and how that fits in, right? So um, I can't say one is better. I know there's a pluses to one and minuses and there's on, on the other side, pluses and minuses as well. Like, but if you go Google, for example, then you need to integrate other things. Like mm -hmm. yes, Google has a Google chat, but it's not Microsoft Teams. No. You know, Google has Google Meet for video conferencing, but it's not Microsoft Teams again, like it's even worse than Teams. So, um, you know, then you need to integrate Zoom, you need to integrate Slack, and it becomes more of kind of, yes, you get best of breed probably software, but it's much harder to integrate and make sure that the data easily flows between them. 
Hmm. Do you think oh, Apple oh. will ever get in the game? Hmm. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, they and I know you like Apple Mail, for example, but I mean, a lot of people have problems with Apple Mail, and specifically right now on Google. Well, Apple Mail as a client for any backend, Office 365 or Google, like it creates a lot of problems. Same thing with Apple Calendar. Um, so these products, you know, from the standpoint of an IT professional are not that greatly developed. So I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have something that is more business-like, right? Um, I think they're doing an awesome job for a consumer market, you know, with the iCloud and uh, all of that side. But I don't know if that can ever be on par with um, what Google and Microsoft is doing in business. All they have to do is go to Bill's mansion and take his masterclass in bundling. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is just, just jam jam some office tools into iCloud, you know, put some lipstick on it, call it the Mac business, and people oh, will yeah. flock. <laughs> but that's not what they're about, right? Like that's why their their products are probably you know yeah. are actually quote unquote better, is because they're trying to get them to perfection. Oh, I have it on record. You admitted Mac is better. I see. That 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 my dear friends concludes this. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, all right, cool. So let's let's actually let, let's wind down a little bit with uh, some value for our listeners. Um, Peter, I, I I know I didn't have you prepare a list, but can you walk us through your tech stack, maybe like high level, your primary design tool, um, you know, communication tool we already discussed, Microsoft Teams. Outside of those things we already discussed, a primary design tool, and then other things that you use, and maybe as you go through them, uh, surface some challenges or, or recommendations. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Top of the stack is Archicad. You know, that's our main production design drafting modeling tool it's an exceptional piece of software honestly it's not without its flaws but i think you know where it's in a similar let's say echelon as revit it is a little bit more facile i think as a design tool and it's been a nice it wasn't it was somewhat of a tectonic shift to go from a 2d modeling platform like vectorworks into archicad um, but there's elements of it that are a lot like SketchUp. And so, again, if I was just sort of focus on the architecture side of things that we're doing, um, it's a fantastic program. There's a lot of great, uh, there's the, the BIMX uh, world there. It's, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but we can model and we can export to a sort of a viewer file that our clients can look at on their desktop, on their tablet, on their phone. They can stick their phone in a little Google Cardboard or in a, VR headset and they can see the model through that. So it's an exceptional piece of software. Um, it's been really good for us. Maybe some of the challenges there are just keeping up with um, some of the graphics that you know we used to have more control over in a, in a platform like Vectorworks. So thinking about line weights and you know things that I was taught to value being brought up in, a, in sort of the the era of hand drafting where, you know, line work, the uh, sort of tones, the depth in, within the drawing are, are important. Um, maybe it's not something you care about, but perhaps some of your listeners do, you know, I think it's just a, it's a great tool for uh, both sort of design for being somewhat 
sort of integrated with models and um, smart objects and whatnot, but also for sort of maintaining really high graphic output. Um, sort of ancillary to ARCHICAD is a program we're getting to know a little bit better called Twin Motion. And that's developed by Epic Games. You know, they do some amazing gaming stuff. But this is a visualization platform that is built to talk pretty succinctly with ARCHICAD. So there's a little bit of a, a connection plug in there. So you can export a file and you can use Twin Motion to render it even further. So that's something we're getting into a little bit. Otherwise, in terms of Doing actual architecture, there's a little bit of the Adobe suite, some Photoshop and Illustrator and whatnot. And um, I mean, those are exceptional on a Mac. I think those are always sort of meant to be more succinct with the Mac platform. Um, outside of that, yet we're communicating, uh, messaging, storing files, chatting through Teams. You know, other than this sort of basic sort of calendar, email, browser stuff, the one other platform that we're on is called mosaic and it's a browser based um sort of firm management platform um it's somewhat boutique but it's actually written i think specifically for architecture firms and it's where we do our timesheets, where we budget our projects where we do look aheads in terms of the schedule how we plan our our workloads as far as what we touch on a daily basis that's the, the sort, of, sort of the main tech stack there what about like accounting stuff? You use QuickBooks? QuickBooks Online. QBO, QBO, yeah. Okay. Cool. So let me just reiterate this. Top of the top of the hierarchy, Archicad, love it. Potential something, some issues, but for the most part, it sounds like you really like it. Twin motion, um, Adobe Suite, uh, Teams for internal stuff, Mosaic for practice management, QBO. Is that covered? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Real quick question on on communication outside of your firm. So talking, you know, I guess collaboration with clients, partners, that kind of stuff. Is that all teams? Email primarily. Yeah. We're not inviting in outside folks into our teams. And emails okay. outlook. Emails outlook. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, Boris, do you have any follow-up questions for Peter? I think that's that's a really good place to to call this. I think I like the tech stack and people who are listening. Um, you know, if you want to give us some feedback on what you use, you can comment on this and and let us know if there are any better things or cooler things you've discovered. That, um, but your tech stack looks pretty clean, man. I I mean, it's not nice. You can't like you like it. It sounds like you covered pretty well. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> honestly, yeah, thank you. Because, you know, we haven't yet onboarded with ArcIT. I feel like I'm really looking forward to that in terms of getting actual professionals looking at what we do. You know, the decisions that I've made have been just aggregated from, you know, hearsay evidence. You know, there's like people talking to me about different things and a little bit of tech consultation along the way. But a lot of this has been built just, you know, from what I see and what I know and what I learn out there. I mean, I do consider myself somewhat of a tech geek in terms of just like, you know, watching the Apple keynotes and whatnot, um, just try to see what's out there. And I'm, you know, tinkering to see how our, our software might compare to others. But my perspective is very surface compared to what you guys do. You know, you understand the back end, you understand how these things integrate and you can see when things break. Um, whereas for me, it's just sort of like, you know, I get lured a little bit by the eye candy, you know, I like the things look nice on my screen. And then I'd sort of go from there and just see 
how you know how much it costs, how well it integrates with, with what we have. But there's a lot of just you know without having a tech consultant on board, it's a lot of just sort of like uh, I'm gonna just jump into it and see what happens, and then when it breaks, panic a little bit or try to figure it out myself. So. Yeah, thanks for the affirmation, but I'm also really excited to get into working with you guys to really have this um, affirmed and really sort of solidified on the back end because I know that's pretty, it's really essential. You know, as we grow, as we build a bigger infrastructure, you know, we could talk about some of the hardware we have here. You know, we've got firewalls and 3D printers and whatnot. And so all of this stuff, I think, is starting to become really untenable for me. I think built this and been the only sort of IT person in house. Um, yeah, it's the next level to be working with you guys. So we do Thank IT you. so you can focus on doing your best work more, like I said, bigger, better stuff. And that's not, you know, trying to figure out why Microsoft does, you know, outlook, you know, excluded somebody from a, um, you know, from a chain email or whatever. So, so yeah, we, we do the plumbing, uh, here at Arc IT. We also put on a, you know, a company shirt and do the consultation and set up. And so excited to work with you, Pete. Peter, this is going to be awesome. But yeah, sounds like you got um, you got you know you got a good a good suite of tools. So just I wonder if it if it holds up with thirty people, you know. And and when you bolt yeah. on your your development arm, you know what or building arm, you know how is that going to look? So all that stuff will 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 work through together. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time, Boris. Any last um, comments or feedback? No, I think we got to close right here. Um, that's perfect. <laughs> that's right. Apple perfection. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for taking the time to listen and watch us. We are. You can find us at GetArch, uh, A-R-C-H, Arc, uh, like architecture, archit.com. And you can just click contact us or work with us or, and just send us a question. We don't, gonna, we're not going to pester you. If you just have a question, just ask your question. We'll answer your question. We'll help you out. Um, and if you ever want to work with us, you know where to find us, getrkit.com. Thank you very much for your time. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure.